Well, we want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burroughs, along with TJ Darty, and we are the Reformed Informants. Man, the Twitter world is blowing up. Always, always seems to be something. Like when I log in, which is like every other minute, it is literally something new. Yeah. Like, sure. yeah, that's the world I we mean, live in. It, it's unbelievable. Like, the controversy, obviously within the culture, but even like across American Christianity. Yeah, evangelicals are constantly talking <laughs> about the latest and greatest um, man, buzz or whatever else is going on. And that's really kind of what prompted us to stop what we were doing. Yeah. And recording the episode on on a particular topic right like yeah tj had worked and put together about three outlines for um a new series and uh we we just text each other today and we're like hey how about this one and so we were kind of informally um gonna gonna roll through a few things here at least one uh, major topic, but a few things within this topic. Yeah, yeah, related to um, a kind of bonus episode style, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. Unplanned, so, but responding in the culture to things that have happened. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but the timing of it worked out perfectly, yeah. at least for us to make an episode on it. So um, we felt like it would be a good idea uh, to somewhat give maybe a pastoral perspective. Um, definitely a biblical perspective on how to kind of handle and react to uh, a recent um, controversy, I I guess you could say. What what are some other ways you would word that? Yeah, no, I think that you you said the exact same thing, that we're looking for a pastoral response um, and reaction to a another episode of a of a an evangelical leader an influential person a pastor who has renounced the faith walked away from christianity who has diverted um some essentially what we're attempting to address generally is how to respond when we see this and then specifically in the case of of Josh Harris. Yeah, right? yeah, that's so good because this isn't the only case no. that we'll come across. So, and, and in a lot of ways, this is just the latest in a beatdown of hey, there's been pastoral failure. There's been um, this guy has turned and walked away. This guy has had moral um, his moral compass is so screwed up, and he's you know whatever. There's been these people who have retracted what they've stated about these statements or these issues in scripture, and you just. How do I respond to this? These are people that I admire, people that I've learned from, that I've sat under their teaching, I've listened to them, uh, I look up to them, and then I see this happen. How do I respond? Yeah, and man, we, we want to carefully uh, consider uh, this topic, this subject. Um, we don't have a hidden agenda. Yeah, that's you know, good. we're not trying to slam the guy, or you know, we're not trying to get clicks or right. um, I- anything of that sort. Um, yeah, but there's, was, there's a there's a pastoral concern yeah, yeah, yeah. here, not only for him, but for people who are impacted and affected by this. Yeah, so, and yeah. we feel we can do this because uh, this man wrote and wrote multiple books. He was a, a public figure, right. but also publicly basically renounced the faith. Yeah, um, I mean, this is a clear, classic sign of apostasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we would agree, TJ and I would, that a public response um, is okay because yeah. of the public ministry of, of this particular person. Yeah. I so, mean, you kind of dealt, you know, you, you dealt with this in the little uh, little lecture that you gave. Mm-hmm. Was that, that was back last fall, mm-hmm. maybe? So we're rolling up on about a year yeah. for that. But yeah. you dealt with kind of issues of church discipline and whether it should be done privately or publicly. and Right. I, I mean, to some degree. Yeah. You, this is not church discipline, yeah. but it's certainly, yeah, it warrants a public response because yeah. it's in the public venue. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, he, he is, if somebody, if I write you a letter and you turn around and post that letter publicly and talk about everything that I've said wrong, that's out of bounds. But if I yeah. post a blog publicly and then you publicly respond to that and say, look, this is where you've messed up, that's that's fair game yeah. because I've uh, uh, once I enter into the public arena, um, the conversation occurs in the public arena, and that's exactly what we have here. We have a man who has um, released uh, books and writings and theology and pastoral work into the public arena, and then he has publicly renounced yeah. um, that, okay. th- those statements, and so it warrants a yeah. public response. Yeah. Um, so could you can you kind of give? So there are probably people who have. Um, tuned into this point, however many minutes in we are, who don't even know what we're talking about or who we're talking about. How how do, can you set the stage and kind of briefly yeah. mention who this is yeah. and what's going on? And, and if you're not on Twitter or Facebook or actually the the post that we're going to read from is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're not on social media platforms or outlets, you may have missed it. So this may be the first time that you've heard about it. Um, so anyways, we're talking about Josh Harris. May not recognize the name but you'll probably recognize uh, one of his books um, written all the way back in the late 90s. Man, I, I just don't feel like it was that long ago, but I can remember. You remember when it came well, out? Well, I remember um, just something about it was catchy, and I remember there was a little bit of buzz about it. Um, not that I was in like Christian circles mm-hmm. at that point in my life, but I do remember at least in the early 2000s uh, the name of this book um, you know, coming to mind frequently, I guess, whenever I happen to be around Christian circles at that point. Um, it's called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he wrote maybe a handful of other books. Yeah, he wrote a couple sequels to that yeah. book to kind of... Um, now, did you did you ever read that book? I, I did not. Yeah, no. I, I didn't either. In fact, I did not even... I it was. I think it was a little bit before my time and then... Um, I may I must have missed the craze that went on about it because I never um, never got into the the discussion there. But essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've I've read up on some of this. Tim Challies had written an article that helped kind of yeah, inform yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah. Um, but one million books yeah, sold by yeah, the way. Yeah. One million copies of this. Very yeah. influential. Um, in many ways, shaped um, a generation of thought in evangelical Christianity on the subject of dating. And his argument was essentially less dating and more courtship, right? And um, he he focused on intentionality. Um, now, there was a high view of of manhood, biblical manhood, womanhood, um, uh, that courtship idea, pursuit of marriage, and and. Many have criticized the book, probably fairly, although I haven't read it, to say that it, it almost treated singleness like a problem that needed to be fixed and that right. marriage was the fix to that. And to say that in order to fix this broken single state, you need to focus on courtship. Sure. And, and the, but the point behind it was a, there was a purity 
uh, emphasis, right? Like, yeah. like I'm not I'm not out here sleeping around, right? Like I'm intentionally focused on marriage. Yeah, that was kind of his yep. premise. Yeah. Yeah, what so would you add to some, that? Yeah, well, yeah, there were, there were some good points and components to that book that we would wholeheartedly agree with, yeah. right? What you're yeah. talking about with purity or whatnot. Right. Yeah, absolutely, we would be on his side uh, with that. Um, yeah, but at least our discussion for today, it's not necessarily about the book. Right. Um, but what that book does, don't let me cut you off here, but no, what no, that book does is it gives us a glimpse into his worldview, which was a a firmly committed biblical perspective on manhood and womanhood marriage marriage uh the family and a a commitment because he goes on to pastor a church um for over a decade and he was intentional about leading God's people with the intent and the focus on um, pleasing God, submitting to Scripture, like he, 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 even if you disagree with some of his conclusions or maybe where the logical implications might take you, uh, many criticize the book for its legalistic um, mindset or its rejection of singleness. We, that's, I think you mentioned. Well, we, that's not our focus. But what that does is it gives us a glimpse into his perspective, and his perspective was biblical inerrancy, biblical manhood, womanhood marriage between man woman forever um those kind of solid yeah evangelical yep. components to his theology yeah that's yeah that's absolutely right which you're going to see now as we read and we're going to read his instagram post where he basically you know j- just came out i guess you could say that he was rejecting the faith mm-hmm. here's why and, and some other things that he, he kind of throws in, in in this post so well even um, before this post uh, Several days before this, he actually first shared. I don't know if you and I have talked about this. He first shared that he was divorced yes. with his wife. Yeah, were you going to get to that? Sorry. Well, no. That's he. He mentions that here okay. in, in the first part of, okay. of his post. Because this I is do like a. That. This is like a. He he basically says, "My wife and I are separating. We are um, no longer married. We had differences of opinion. That was his, kind of his statement. And you're going, how does a man who builds up marriage like like that's 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 problematic, right? Yeah. Like we would disagree now we'll have separate discussions about marriage and remarriage and divorce and all those things that's not the time for this but we would affirm that that God designed marriage to last right. it's not sure. oh we we didn't we didn't see eye to eye so we we divorced like that's not acceptable for the, the, there's no biblical grounds for that type of of behavior right. and so that was his initial post and then, right. sorry go ahead no you're good yeah so we'll start working through his instagram post here we'll read a couple sentences we'll make some comments we'll read a few more and just keep making some comments mm-hmm. and we'll talk about a few texts uh, that talk about apostasy because that's really what we're seeing here mm-hmm. um, so that's how we'll kind of conclude uh, this episode so yeah let's begin again this was just a few days ago on his own on josh harris's own instagram uh, he says, quote, My heart is full of gratitude. I wish you could see all the messages people sent me after the announcement of my divorce. They are expressions of love, though they are saddened, or even strongly disapprove of the decision, end quote. Okay, so that, that's, how, that's how we start. So, A heart full of gratitude. Yep. Which cues you in something, something is off. Right, like this is a man who has just recently publicly announced a divorce. Um, he has received lots of negative attention for that from guys like you and I who are looking at him, going, "Hold on a second, buddy, what's going on? Why, why is this happening?" 
Um, of course, a couple of years ago, he actually he actually released a documentary called I Survived, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, where he retracted and pulled back a lot of his thoughts. And and people... Would, so we've been slowly yes, kind of digressing here. It, exactly. People looked at that at the time and in many ways thought, okay, he's he wrote that book when he was 21. How a man can write on marriage and all of those things, the wisdom that it would take at the age of 21 and have that massive following, uh, it really boggles the mind, but... Later in life, you go, okay, well, he's grown in maturity and wisdom. He's wanted to pull that back. And a lot of people affirmed him for that right. because they said, hey, Charlie actually does. He said, this is this is good because we see that he maybe sees the misapplication of what he was trying to say. He just didn't write it well. Well, now we see, like you mentioned, this is a slow progression. That right. He's starting to, he's pulling away from the biblical, yeah. the biblical foundation that he was built on, yep. right? And his heart is full of gratitude. Right. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was a great comment there that you had on this opening portion of his post. Um, yeah, just uh, my, my heart is just saddened and hurts that, mm. you know, divorce is, is the solution. Now, again, I don't know all the intricacies yeah. of their marriage, right? right? Um uh, but we would only say that there are two biblical reasons for a divorce, right? Um, and at least to my knowledge, uh, the details of why hasn't necessarily come out yet. Right. I, I mean, have you seen anything? So, yeah, no. I, I really don't know. But um, yeah, were you going to say something no, on that? No, I, I think we've, I think we've said what we need to say about that part because there's really. I, th- I think it says. I think it says it for itself. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next part here. Um, quote: I am learning that no group has the market cornered on grace. This week, I've received grace from Christians, atheists, evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, as he would say, mm. um, straight people, LGBTQ people, and everyone in between. Of course, there have also been strong words of rebuke from religious people, while not always pleasant. I know they are seeking to love me. And then in parentheses he has, there have also been spiteful, hateful comments that have angered and hurt me, end quote. Um, any, any comments on that? Again, I think it's just leading to where he's ultimately going to take sure. us. Right? Yeah. Like I'm reading through that and I'm he's, he's com- commending and speaking highly of and equating Christians and atheists, evangelicals and ex-evangelicals, um, straight people and LGBTQ people, everyone in between. So he's he's basically saying everyone understands grace. Right. Everyone, yeah. And and again, alarm bells are going off, and it's a my reaction to this kind of real time here is sad and angry. Right. Like I'm I'm saddened at the reality that this man is facing, but I'm angry at the influence that he has. You sure. know, and so wrestling through that. So, what would what would you add to that? No, I mean that's good. I mean, again, I think it's a lumping in and a hijacking of of the word grace. You know, look, that's good. When we're talking about evangelicals and we're talking about biblical Christians using the term grace, that means something completely different. Um, than you know the LGBTQ community or I mean anybody yeah. else outside of yeah. you know Orthodox Christianity. So can you really understand grace apart from the right. cross? Sure. Right, like sure. I, we don't really know what grace is until we know the grace of right. God. Yeah, and 
And, and yeah, so you're you're right. It's a hijacking of that term. So, but this is where he's taking yeah, us. So he set yeah. us up for this. Okay, so this this is the third paragraph. Quote: The information that was left out of our announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. End quote. Okay, so he publicly admits that his faith has shifted a massive shift as he as he would say he's deconstructed he's fallen away and then he just flat out explicitly says it i am not a christian yeah i mean it can't get any more clear than yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have to guess. Yeah. You know, like, you don't have to read between the lines and go, well, is he in the faith or not? Like, he has said, I'm not, okay. which which helps us to identify this because we don't have to read between the lines. We don't have to play the guessing game and assume. He has said he has fallen away. Um, he is no longer a Christian, which is is... It explains the divorce. It explains, um, mm-hmm. which is what he says. He says that 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 information was left out. They announced the divorce mm-hmm. four days before this, or something like that. Because I remember seeing it. There were some questions being asked, and now here he comes, and he says, "I I'm no longer a Christian." And then he says, "People say that you can call yourself a Christian and not believe all these things," and he says, "But I'm not there. Basically, I don't I don't hold to any of that stuff." Right. Um, and and we're going to talk about that. We're yeah, going to talk he, about how to react to that, what that means. Yeah. So yeah, he. I mean, yeah. So he he keep you want to keep going here. Yeah. yeah with his message, yeah. and we'll, we'll come then back. Then we'll and, address some of the yeah. the implications of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he goes on, and and this paragraph here is uh, uh, just a little bit longer. Quote: Martin Luther said that the entire life of believers should be repentance. I, I don't like it when Luther is hijacked like yeah. this, but sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. There's beauty in that sentiment regardless of your view of God. I have lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting of my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to life, the teaching of my books, my views of women in the church, and my approach to parenting, to name a few. But I specifically want to add to the list... Let me say that again. But I specifically want to add to this list now to the LGBTQ plus community. I want to say that I am sorry for the views that I taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope you can forgive me, end quote. Mm. So biblical authority has just gone by uh, the, the wayside here. Yeah, it's gone. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, completely gone. I, I mean, I would say non-existent, but, yeah. you know, th- that goes hand in hand. Well, once you throw the Bible out, you have now thrown out Christianity. Yeah, then or once you become, you, you become yeah, the authority. Yeah, or once you throw out Christianity, you've now thrown out 
thrown out the Bible, right? right. They go they go hand in hand. So yeah, just right. like you said, um, the authority is no longer God. The authority is no longer the Scripture. the The authority is now in the hands of of Josh Harris himself. Right. He is determining marriage. He's determining sexuality. He's determining his views of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing he's basing that on um, complementarianism. Yes. Right? He's rejecting right. that. Right. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to make one observation about this before we come back and deal with maybe some of the questions behind it. But he says, he, he quotes Luther, um, which is a travesty. <laughs> um, but he says that the entire life of believers should be repentance. Well, Luther is talking about believers in Christ, believers in the gospel, that you are continually repenting. And then Josh Harris says, there's beauty in that sentiment regardless of your view of God. And I would say, there's no way that you can repent if you don't understand God, if you don't have a a biblical view of God. Um, What he means when he says repentance, what he means is regret. Um, I wish I hadn't done that. There's a difference. Right. Repentance is... I'm no longer pursuing this, and I'm turning from it and pursuing God instead. There's a there's a, a, a line drawn that says, I'm not going to do that anymore. Regret says, I wished I hadn't done that. That's what he means. He says repentance. He says, I've repented of my self-righteousness. What he means is, I regret that I was self-righteous. I regret what I wrote in my books. I wish I hadn't uh, said all these things. And now I want to say that I'm sorry for the views that I taught in my books regarding sexuality, regarding LGBT. He's not repenting. Right. He's re- he's regretting Again, and wishing he hadn't done it. Yeah. Biblical terminology is being Words hijacked matter. again. It's being hijacked again. Mm-hmm. Grace earlier. And then repentance here is being hijacked. You explained that perfectly because it's not true repentance it's we're not, talking about here. But you made a—that's a great point, and I don't think that I even connected this. You mentioned uh, grace. You mentioned repentance. This is what's so scary. This is why theology matters. This is why doctrine matters. This is why words matter. Terms, that, defining it all, it yes, matters, it man. matters because you're seeing biblical language that's hijacked and distorted and, and twisted in order to communicate a non-biblical message. And we have to see through that to say, this is not grace. This is not repentance. Um, that's really important. I'm, I'm glad you caught that as well. Okay, so, um, yeah. What are, what are some of the things that he is now affirming? Okay, so again, this is a key indicator that when he says he's not a Christian, that he, he he's really he's standing firm in this. And mm-hmm. you can see by uh, the fruit of his own admissions here. Okay, so... He once was against uh, LGBT community, and what we mean by that is their views on the yeah. family and marriage, right. right? Not against the actual. Yeah, he doesn't. He didn't people. hate the people. Yeah, right. It was I reject your uh, assertion that a man and the man can be biblically rightly married before God and it not be sin. Right. That's what he meant. So now he's affirming all of that mm-hmm. because he's basically apologizing, quote-unquote, repenting right. for his views on their sexuality. Yeah, he he says, says, I regret yeah. standing against marriage equality. Right? So yeah. so what, what's he saying there, Yeah, too? what he means, what he, I, I regret saying that, that homosexuality and homosexual same-sex marriage is a sin. I wish I hadn't said that. That's what he's saying. So, in other words, I no longer believe that same-sex marriage is a sin. Right. I believe that yep. man and man can be married. Right. Um, I believe that woman and woman can be married. I believe that transgender ideology that um, 
the plus and everything that's included in that LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. that what the culture has said, I am not the authority on, on, uh, or excuse me, the Bible is not the authority on that, but rather I would say the culture is defining those things. And you guys, um, are not excluded from the church. Right. And then, man, yeah, he goes on at the end of that same paragraph, quote, for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry, right? So he, I mean, what's he implying there? Is, is he implying that uh, the biblical message is yes. those things, that's right? A good, that's okay. a good observation. You know, um, so now it seems that he's taking the stance, well, you know, the Bible is just all wrong on its yeah. views on women in the church. Well, the Bible is just all wrong on its teaching on marriage and sexuality and all of those things. So he's basically saying, look, all my material has contributed to all of the um, struggles and issues that that particular community is apparently going through. And the last sentence of that paragraph says a lot. He says, I hope you can forgive me. He's apologizing for what the Bible says. Right. He 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 feels that he has to apologize for God's truth mm. and says, "I hope you can forgive me that I would say something so offensive." But that's what the that's what it is. Right. Sin confronting sin is offensive to the sinner, and he's apologizing for confronting people in their sin, which is what the gospel message does. And that's yeah, such a does. sad reality. Man, that, that's a great point. He's you made apologizing there. for that. Yeah. And it, and I would say, as a pastor, I would apologize if I didn't tell you the truth. Right. Like that. I I know you may not want to hear it, but I love you enough to tell you. Right. This is what you need to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Wrap us up. What's he? How's he finish? Yeah, so the we'll last paragraph. Uh, quote uh, to my Christian friends: I am grateful for your prayers. Uh, don't take it personally if I don't immediately return calls. I can't join in your mourning. I don't view this moment negatively. I feel very much alive and awake and surprisingly hopeful. I believe with my sister Julian that all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Uh, end quote there. Yeah, I, I mean, this is uh, this is basically, it's a celebration. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a celebration of rejecting the gospel, a celebration of rejecting uh, scripture, rejecting God. Uh, it's a celebration of rejecting the, the morality that's outlined in scripture. I mean, it's a rejecting of... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, no, it's you, sad. You're exactly... I mean, there's a... There's a there's a freedom in his mind that has come because he's no longer, he's no longer constrained by the truth of Christianity. Yeah. So he's he's excited, he's free, he's happy, he's alive, he's awake, he's hopeful, uh, and I mean that's that should be that should be terrifying for us to read to think about somebody who has been exposed to the biblical truth, who who has has seen it, has tasted as Hebrews uh, will talk of, has tasted the goodness, yeah, and yet still stands in this position. Yeah. It's scary. So, yeah, so that's the post. Yeah, yeah. You, you can no. find it online. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can read through that uh, yourself. Now, a couple things I think that we should consider. I'm going to throw it out to T here to get us rolling. Um, okay, so this this guy, I mean, he's writing Christian books back in the late 90s. Okay, well, now we're two decades later claimed to be a Christian for that long, now he's claiming he isn't a Christian. So uh, my question is maybe one twofold here. 
did he somehow lose his salvation? In other words, was he a Christian for two decades and then he rejects it through this Instagram post? Does that mean that he lost his salvation? Does that mean that he could throw his salvation away? How, how do we deal with that question? Right. Um, you, you know my answer to this. No, he did not lose his salvation. Okay. Um, and that that's a scary thing. Like, like there's an assurance that comes for those of us who are in the faith to know I can't lose my salvation. I, I believe MacArthur's known for saying, if you could lose your salvation, you would. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's God's holding you, um, that that holds you into the faith, that, that keeps you from falling away. Um, but, but it's also very scary to think that that man for decades walked in the faith as an imposter. Uh, because it's one of those two. Either he fell away and lost his salvation or he never really had it. And, um, you know, I think First John two nineteen is that where you were going? Um, well, yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was okay. pulling up a couple other references you, here. You pull up some other ones. First John two nineteen is you the got one. That, that one. Yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah. This is this is the one that comes to mind. John says these words, and and there are other passages as well. But John says these words. He says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. And in other words, the ones who don't persevere. The ones who walk away from the faith in this case never had it to begin with. Okay, they they weren't of us. That's what John says. If yeah. they were of us, they would continue. Yeah, um, they walked away from us. Yeah, let me let me give you another couple examples, and then we'll kind of talk about yeah. all these at once. I think Second um, Timothy chapter four, uh, verse ten, Paul mentions one of his companions, Demas. And in verse 10, he says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Okay, so, yeah, we're talking about Josh Harris, but the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4 is talking about Demas mm. basically doing the same exact thing. You yep. can back up just one chapter in 2 Timothy chapter, um, I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um Actually, I think I jotted down that reference wrong. Um, well, there were a couple more there. And well, while you're yeah, go th- ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, while, while you're thinking of that, the, the other passage that comes to mind to me is the parable of the sower. Okay. Um, and, and this is a an important, I, I think, uh, this helps us to view this situation with a little bit more clarity because in the parable of the sower, what you have is you have four seeds that fall on the ground, and you have, um, uh, this is from Matthew 13, Matthew's version, and uh, Jesus told this this parable, he said, some seeds fall on the path, um, some fell on the rocky ground, some fell among thorns, and some fell on good soil. Now, of these four different um, categories that Jesus here creates, three of them yield fruit, three of them yield growth, three of them indicate there is something here. But only one is really a true believer. There's only one that's good soil. So the one on the path, taken away, no growth, falls on deaf ears, says Satan takes the words away. But the, the two in the middle, the one um, on rocky ground and the one among the thorns, actually yield some fruit. There's actually some growth. And I've seen this so often it, with people that I, that I have shared the gospel with and who have responded in short time. 
they say, yes, I believe, I believe, and they take these steps of faith. But over the course of time, life chokes them out or the world forces their hand mm. and they reveal they weren't, that's not good soil. Right. It's not going to last. It's, there's no firm, firmly planted roots. And um, in this case, you look at Josh Harris, he is not in the good soil. Right. Right. Because he has... He has uprooted himself. Right. Whether he was in the rocky soil or the, the rocky ground or among the thorns, you know, that's not, I'm not concerned about that. The reality is he's not in yeah. the good soil. Yeah. He had attached himself to Christianity for a little while. Right. Right. And showed, yielded fruit. Yeah. Showed apparent fruit. Right. Yes. But in the end, yeah. Apparent um, fruit. Yeah. There, there wasn't a, you know, perseverance. Right. There wasn't a, um, yeah. There wasn't that fight and battle to persevere for Christ till right. the end. Yeah. So, it, we mentioned Demas in Second Timothy chapter four. It was actually Second Timothy chapter two that I was going to, uh, that talks about down in verse seventeen that Hymenius and Philetus, um, that their message spreads like cancer, and then in verse eighteen it says about those two, who have strayed concerning the truth, and that they overthrow the faith of some. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, then back in First Timothy, uh, chapter one, uh, verses eighteen through twenty, Hymenius and Alexander, it says that they have suffered shipwreck, and they have been delivered over to Satan. Hmm. Okay, so you've got instances here in the New Testament, just like we're talking about today in 2019, right. where people have attached themselves to Christianity. They have affirmed the Christian faith. They have probably made professions. They have, they have said that they are disciples of Christ. But in the end, they are found out. Yes. Right? And Paul addresses those particular people here by name, and he says, look, their teaching is spreading like cancer. They have suffered shipwreck. Their faith is now sunk. That's the first John reference that you were talking mm-hmm. about. It shows that they were really not of us. That's classic parable of the soils that you were talking about there. So the New Testament identifies this situation, and, and that's really the point of the episode. It's yeah, not to right. slam Josh Harris. The point is to identify what does biblical apostasy look like? Yes. Okay. That's good. Um, so did, did 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 these guys lose their salvation? These biblical texts, Josh Harris, did they lose salvation? No. No, they just never had it. Right. Is is the issue here? And that's what the book of Hebrews, which we haven't even walked through, but there's the warning passages in Hebrews over and over and over again say, look, if you find yourself on the other side, if you find yourself where Josh Harris is now, you need to know that's a you 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 never lost it. But the one who has fallen away was never really there. Yeah. The one who is firmly planted will endure to the end, and that's the reality that comes um, from the hope of the gospel. And of course, we know um, that it's not of our own doing that we endure, but rather that God who preserves us. Um, John chapter ten, right? Like that that. Um, we the good shepherd knows his sheep and he will no one can pluck him from his yep. hand Romans chapter 8 Paul is emphatic in this regard uh, nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord um, yeah let me let me add yeah, to that yeah. your, your Romans 8 there remember in Romans chapter 8 verses 29 and 30 whom God predestined yeah. he called whom he called he justified and whom he justified he glorified and just to take that last part between justification and glorification, 
let's put it this way, whom God saves, he also glorifies. In other words, there's no such thing as God justifying a person, making them right before God, and then not bringing that person to glorification. They go hand in hand. If you are truly justified, you will be truly glorified. And that builds up to the nothing can separate us. That's right. right. That's that's exactly right. So other passages you can think of that at least talk about that. Oh man! Well, Philippians chapter one, God will bring it to completion. Yes, one six. Yeah, the yeah. one who began this good work in you. Um, Hebrews talks about Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith, mm. the one who will uh, seal. I mean, Ephesians one, you've been sealed till the day of redemption. Right. Second um, Corinthians one, the Holy Spirit's been given as a seal, a guarantee, yes, as a pledge. Yes. I mean, the 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 New Testament is emphatic on this reality that you cannot lose that salvation. Uh, because it is God who ensures and God who does right. all the work, right? right? So we that's the theological undergirding that we would land on to say, okay, Josh Harris didn't lose his salvation. What did he do? What what did happen here? And then and then we'll uh, and then we'll kind of sum up by addressing how do we react? But what did happen? You mean in terms of like. Uh, the cl- a classic case, an example of apostasy. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's going on here? Because he wasn't saved. So how? Why did he behave like he was? Why did he? Why did he yield this apparent fruit? Why did it? Why is he writing books and how is he? How is he pastoring a church? Like, like how is he? If, right. if I'm his, if I'm his, uh, if I'm in his church, I sat under an unregenerate man for a decade and let him preach the word of God to me. How did that happen? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> it's a hard question. Yeah, well, there there are many, um, to get back to actually the biblical usage of the word grace, there are many graces and good mm-hmm. things that come along with Christ- Christianity yep. that an unbeliever that is in the realm of Christianity can, can benefit from, right? You, you can be an unregenerate believer benefiting from... Uh, the morality that comes out of Christianity or the fellowship that comes out of Christianity or the community that comes out of Christianity. Um, yeah, Calvin speaks about that very reality in the Institutes. He talks about the grace of God, um, that even in his goodness for unregenerate men and women who reject the gospel with their whole lives, that he still allows them to experience the goodness of his grace in their capacity with the church. Sure. I mean, like, th- that's a goodness of God. Yeah, I mean, you could be involved in home fellowship groups or in people's homes, you know, uh, fellowshipping with one another. You could be involved uh, with mission trips across the world yep. and partake in those things and feel good about that. And the things can be rolling, as, you know, in, in terms of maybe the social aspect of it and having something to belong to and but in reality, again, those things were fickle. Yeah. You know, they were on the surface. Um, there was no root, like you've talked about in Mark 4. Yeah, add, add, add to yeah, that. Yeah, well, so what I would say when you think about all this, we don't know what Josh Harris's mindset was for the last two decades. We don't know if he went to bed every night deep down knowing he didn't believe yeah. and just now publicly came out, or um, if he wrestled with doubt for a long time. All we know is that self-deception is real and that there is there are warnings all through the New Testament. Examine yourself. Examine yourself to see are you really in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13. Right. Test yourself. Test Examine yourself. yourself. Are you truly 
in the fold? Yeah. Are, are you truly repentant? Do you truly hate your sin, or do you just hate the fact that your sin is still around? Do you hate the fact that you've been caught in your sin? Do you love God, or do you just love the feeling that you get whenever you're around other people of God? Like, right. Like, what is your motivation? What test yourself do you are, are you legitimate yeah well because josh harris and others have deceived themselves yeah, you, you taught on second peter chapter one uh, just the other week in the beginning of that chapter talks about making your calling and election sure, sure. Mm-hmm. in other words look for fruit in your life yes examine your life test your life see whether or not you are really in the faith a good tree always produces good fruit and they produce that till the end Right. Okay, they right. produce that to the end. But there's so many warnings about that, TJ, like you said, because Jeremiah 17 says that the heart is deceitful, the heart is wicked, the heart is sick. Your own heart will deceive you. You, you have to self-examine yourself, right? That's exactly I mean, we, right. Well, we even see that in our society now about making sure that there's a place for um, a routine checking of your own body for physical ailments by... Mm-hmm you know, the medical field, how much more should we do that spiritually speaking? Right. I mean, Philippians 2, right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There should be an intentionality, examination, um, a purposeful, um, a purposeful dissection of your motivation for your good works. Mm. Like, am I going on mission trips because I need that self-gratification? Am I uh, serving at the church and waking up early and praying and fasting because I need to do those things in order for me to feel like God approves of me? Um, Am I doing those things so that others might give me affirmation or I might be seen as one of them? Like, what is really going on? Or is my heart changed? Like, that's the barometer. And there's a a continual repentance, biblical repentance that occurs when that happens. Um, so I think the the biggest takeaway for me when I consider this is there is a fear and trembling that comes to know that, look, this is a man who, and he's not the only one. He's just the most recent and one of the most public to say, this is a pastor who walked, walked the walk and talked the talk for mm-hmm. a long time and was deceiving himself and deceiving others. Um, scary. It's very scary. So here's my last question. And then, of course, if you have anything else to add, um, definitely do that. But how do we react to this? What is our response? Um, and and I want us to be careful in how we answer this question because you mentioned Twitter. Um, if, if I don't want to limit myself to 280 characters to respond to this. Is that right? what it's at now? Yeah, it's 280. It used to be 140. Yeah, okay. Um, but I don't want to limit myself in, in expressing how how I would respond because I think we need to be careful and articulate and intentional and purposeful. Like you mentioned, this is not uh, let's slam Josh Harris yeah. night. Um, this is not, um, hey, we need some more clicks for the podcast. Let's, let's see what's trending and then do something on that. Like that's not the motivation here. How do I, how do I actually navigate through this? As a believer, uh, maybe as uh, maybe as somebody who has sat under his teaching or has read his books or has been positively influenced by his work, right. um, do we throw out the old stuff? Do we throw out the baby with the bathwater? Those right. kinds of things. Yeah, at least initially, man. If if you if you know him, I, I think you take the Matthew eighteen approach. You, you you can go to him and beg and plead that he repent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
repent from uh, his sin, uh, give him a biblical understanding of the word grace also, like we've talked about mm-hmm. in the gospel. Um, I, I think you can follow that pattern if, if you personally know him, right? Like, go, go to him, right? Mm-hmm. Ask for repentance. Um I mean, I mean, that's at least what I... I mean, I'll never meet the guy, right? Right, right. Um, but my hope would be that he would repent, that he would seek reconciliation with his uh, ex-wife, um, that uh, he would come to know Christ and understand that there's forgiveness of sins and, and those things. I mean, at least initially, that's how I'd probably approach. Yeah. Um, I, I think mean, that's that the first reaction. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I would hope that when we hear about these things and we respond to these things that we have a broken heart first to say, Oh, that's, that's horrible. I hate that thought. Now may we pray for his salvation. May we pray that this not be the final chapter of his story, right? Like when we tell the story of Josh Harris and his life and ministry, we don't want to say this is a guy who started strong, who fizzled out, who walked away, and who knows what's next. I mean, that's the thing people have, have pointed out. The scary reality is we've had a couple of announcements, but there could be more. Sure. He could continue to trend the opposite yep. direction. Yep. And we should pray that the Spirit might convict him, open his eyes to see the truth that he knows here, that he's been exposed to in his head, but that he hasn't experienced yeah. or lived and that's believed good. here that's in the heart. Good. And we want him to come to that biblical, um, true biblical repentance, true saving faith, true knowledge of the gospel, yeah. right? That's yeah. that's the first reaction. I, I mean, and then, yeah, secondly, I, I think in terms of his works, his books, sermons, whatever, I mean, it would be difficult to recommend that material based on the current situation. Yeah. And in other words... Not you know, it may have made some great biblical points, right, and may not be theologically sound on some areas. But I mean, how how can you recommend that? He's unregenerate. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can't recommend that material because he he's not in the faith. Right. Right. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you own the Josh Harris book, um, I would not read it. I would not recommend it for others. Now, you could read it for research purposes or whatever else. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, right, hey, I right. want to know what, you know, if there's some subtle nuances here. But I'm not reading it for allowing him to inform my worldview or my understanding of dating and marriage. And um, I, I'm not letting him shape my theology. I'm not letting him uh, speak into my life spiritually. I'm certainly not recommending it to others. Um, and I'm going to... Um, delicately stay away from anything that he might have to say or post. You know, I'm not going to interact with him and try to convince him on Twitter or Instagram, which is what people do. Um, There's been a lot of that. Um, But, but yeah, like your heart breaks, and then you've got to understand he's not of us. Right. He's First John. First John chapter 2. And what fellowship, Paul says, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Right? Like we have... We have a distinction that we are set apart from the world, so we need to understand. And and I would say that for if I was a Christian evangelical leader that had any kind of voice, I'm not. I'm not Josh Harris's right hand man anymore. Like maybe we did ministry before, but I'm not anymore. Yeah. Um, Separate from exactly, exactly. Make sure that there's a distinction between the two. And uh, and and man, like as I think about this, I guess one more question. Leaders, 
people that we look up to, how how does this inform our perception or dealing with and choosing men that we respond and look up to? Well, we want to make sure they're in the faith. <laughs> yeah, that's number one, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. How do, but how do I do that? You, like in terms of their material? or Yeah, how do I know? I mean, his stuff seemed legit. He was yeah, preaching. Man, it seemed legit, you know. Uh, I guess time will tell yeah. on those particular uh, people. Yeah. Um, time is obviously telling right now. Um, I mean, we, we hope that's not the case. It's not like we want to see more apostasy, right? No, absolutely right? not. Um, but we just have to be on guard. We have to be aware. Uh, we, we can't lock ourselves up in a closet here. We've got to be able to deal with these issues and deal with them biblically. Uh, I think we've done that on this episode, by yeah. the way. I think we've been really fair. I thought, yeah, um, I hope so. And, and really biblical well, in and it. I, I think I would just add to that one last thing, just that we have to be careful not to elevate men, right, yeah. in, in this light where we say, look at how great, and pick your theological hero, um, whoever it is, living or dead. We can't elevate those people above. Like, if you put your trust in men, you're going to be disappointed. And... Um, in this case, you, you know the tree by the fruit, and you know the fruit by the telling of time, that which perseveres. And so um, just, just be careful, be diligent, be intentional, and, um, and, and read and think and listen critically. Um, I would say that for anybody listening to us. Yep. I don't want anybody to believe anything I say just because I said it. Right. Um, but you can retweet us. <laughs> you can share. You can give us a review um, on, say, on, on iTunes. Say something nice on iTunes. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. But but only only after you think critically, yeah, hear yeah, what course. we have to say, of course. Uh, filter it through the biblical lens, and, um, yeah, and, and give an informed um critical evaluation of what you hear and say right so, yes yeah. that's, that's good well if you're not doing so already make sure you subscribe to our podcast on itunes as you mentioned go on there give us a, a an honest five-star review and give some good positive feedback you know i've noticed something that when people give feedback on things like when you get reviews on uh you know products online it's like oh this is the greatest thing ever or oh this is the worst thing ever yeah like just give us, if you have something nice to say, you can say it on yeah. there. You don't have to come on and be critical. Yeah. Uh, make sure you do that. Go subscribe on iTunes. Uh, like us on Facebook um, at Reformed Informants. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at R underscore informants. Uh, you can find links to all of our social media platforms, all of our previous episodes, including things like this one, a little bonus episode action. All of that can be found at our website at www.themajestiesmen.com slash reformed informants. Yeah, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions for uh, topics of discussion, feel free to email us at reformedinformants at gmail.com.